Happy New Year and welcome to Free Trails Rollout of the 2023 Trail Runner of the Year Award presented by Ketone IQ. I'm your host, Dylan Bowman, and for the first 10 days of 2024, we will be counting down the top 10 trail athletes in the world for both men and women, as was voted on by a thousand trail running fans from around the world. Together with the athletes, we recount their seasons, contemplate highs and lows, meditate on some learnings, and look ahead to their goals for the future. As I said, Trail Runner of the Year is presented by Ketone IQ, the game-changing ketone supplement that is taking the endurance world by storm. You'll hear more from them later, but please visit the show notes for a link you can use for 30% off your first subscription of this amazing product. It's hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30. And again, that link is in the show notes. Today, we are joined by the number four Trail Runners of the Year, Tom Evans from Great Britain and Tony McCann from South Africa. The Adidas duo here in fourth place, Tom Evans, second place at the Black Canyon 100K, a victory at the UTMB Snowdonia race, and then brings home a victory at the Western States 100, running the fourth fastest time ever, a career-long dream achieved here in Northern California. Tony McCann, a huge breakout season from her, highlighted by a victory at the Transvolcania 48K, a huge win at OCC, the UTMB World Final for 50K, and then another win at at the Ultra Trail Cape Town 55K to finish the season. Congrats to Tom and Tony. We'll play the interviews back to back in that order, and then we'll be back again tomorrow as we enter the top three. Tom Evans, congratulations. Welcome back to the show, our number four trail runner of the year. Good to see you, buddy. Debo, lovely to see you as always. I hope you had a, a very nice Christmas and um, yeah, thanks for having me back. This is our third time talking in the last 12 months or so in a recorded context. The first two are some of the best interviews of the year, at least the most memorable for me as somebody who conducts, you know, probably a hundred plus of these a year. So to our listening audience, this will be a short one with Tom, if we can manage that, the two of us here together. And yeah. I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to the one we did after Black Canyon, the one we did before UTMB. Tom, you're back home in the UK. How are things as we close another amazing year of trail racing? Yeah, I think um, my year started really well and my my A race and my sort of crescendo moment for the year was Western States and everything after that was always going to be a bonus. And it's very easy to to kind of look back on the last sort of two opportunities that I tried to race at UTMB and I had COVID and there's nothing you can do about it. And then I then ended up not racing Cape Town. Um, so yeah, I put a lot of eggs into those baskets as well and put lots of energy into that. Um, so it's very easy to look back and say, oh, I'm a little bit not disappointed, but I could be more happy. Um, but then Every year at this time of the year, I write on a note on a um, piece of paper, my goals for the year. And I then put it in an envelope and I put it in a drawer and then I reopen it um, the 12, around 12 months later. And everything that I wanted to achieve in the last 12 months, I've achieved. Okay. Um, and that was winning from winning Western States to finding more time to spend with my friends yeah. outside of the sport. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, I'm, I've had a great year. I achieved what I wanted to achieve this year. Um, and I'm really happy. So, um, yeah, what more, what more could you want? Yeah. So maybe let's stick, let's go backwards and, and stick with sort of the disappointment before we talk about the amazing highlights of your season. You just mentioned UTMB DNF ultra trail Cape town, you know, obviously another unfortunate situation there. How do you internalize those experiences and channel them for 2024? And if there's anything you can reveal about what you're writing on that piece of paper, I'm sure people would love to hear. Well, it's, it's currently blank. On the other <laughs> side, my, the notes from my last psychology session. Yeah, yeah, so okay. we'll, keep, yeah. we'll keep those hidden. Otherwise everyone will realize that I'm completely mental and crazy. <laughs> Aren't um, we all? Yeah. So yeah, I guess sort of, you use the sort of the old for like in order to really succeed, like you've got to fail first, or maybe not even failure, but you've got to learn. And I look at I look at other performances this year, like the obvious one will be Jim at UTMB. Had mm-hmm. you asked, would Jim be the athlete he is now had he won UTMB on his first attempt? Or or had he won Western States on his first attempt? And it makes you hungry as long as you learn, as long as you don't sort of throw your toys out the pram and just blame it on everything else. Like you've got to, ultimately you're the res- the one who's got to be responsible. So if you can look at yourself in the mirror and sort of answer that question of what would I do differently next time? Um, and geez, I have a list as long as my arm of changes that will implement both in training and in sort of my performance environment before UTMB, um, it would it will change a lot. And like one thing I did, I did loads of media in the week leading up to UTMB this year. I won't be doing that next year, except um, for free trail. Except for free trail. Yeah, I, I will do. <laughs> I will do a maximum of one thing a day in the sort of day four, five, and six leading up to the race, but three days before I won't be doing anything. And I will be looking up rather than saying yes to everything, which I love doing. I would much rather be doing lots of interviews post UTMB rather than pre UTMB. Um, And who did that this year? A certain champion. Precisely. And yeah, so I am, yeah, what what do they say? Like copying imitation is the best form of a compliment. So yeah, I see what Jim has done. Jeez, I went to Flagstaff this year to train for Western States. And there's a few reasons why I did. One of them is because that's where a lot of the champions of the race train. Do you have to do it? No. So yeah, I think for me, I've learned a lot from sort of the whole UTMB side. Like I've now done the race. I've raced at the UTMB event four times now, a third, a first, a third, and a DNF. It's still, in my opinion, that DNF is probably the one that means the most. And it's the one that I have learned the most from and will be a better athlete afterwards. If you kept winning everything, I had this year gone incredibly and I'd won Western States and then into UTMB not being at my very best, it would have been, yeah, it would have been amazing. And it would have been great chatting here about how great I am. Yeah. But 
the sport has moved on so much. And now in these big races, you have to bring 100% because if you're not at 100%, if you're at 95%, you're going to get found out. And yeah, it happens every year. Um, and there's no, you've got to, yeah, it's a, you've got to swing the bat in order to try and hit it. And sometimes it doesn't work. And actually it doesn't work significantly more than it works. I think I've been pretty, I say lucky, probably not lucky, but I've got a pretty good track record so far racing. But sometimes you've got to shoot for the moon and sometimes you're going to, sometimes you're going to come crashing back down to earth. But, uh, yeah, and I think UTMB was always a roll of the dice for you coming off that Western States yeah. victory. But this is why I love talking to you, Tom, knowing that you do have three podiums during UTMB week, two at CCC, one at UTMB. And it's that DNF, the one is the one where you will internalize the most and where you will learn the most yeah. to bring and forward with you. A really a saying that I think I've used on your podcast before. Um is don't let the wins go to your head or the losses go to your heart. Love and it. I think it's like, it's happened. Brilliant. One Western States. Amazing. Cool. It's then draw a line under it. Great. Done. Enjoy it. But it's now don't let it go to your head and have a huge ego. And then with the losses, like everyone loses. Yeah. You can't win everything. That's the great, that is the great thing about this sport. Yeah. It's no, you could be the best go- on paper going into the race and there's still no guarantee. And for me, that's what keeps me coming back year on year, wanting to race against the very best because it's just the most incredible sport. Yeah. So speaking of the wins and not letting them go to your head, you did win the Western States 100. We've only been talking about the disappointments and the learnings from those disappointments. But dude, you did it. You won. You know, and one of the very few Europeans, the non-North American athlete to win on American soil at this very American race. Where is your Cougar trophy at the moment? And what does it feel like to have written that goal down and put it in a drawer and to actually accomplish something like that in your career? So the Cougar is currently on the windowsill at the top of our stairs. So I see it four or five times a day. Um, Sometimes I paid attention. Sometimes I don't at all. And you sort of just forget that it's there. My belt buckle, I've got absolutely no idea where it is (laughs) somewhere. Actually, the finish line tape is in here, just folded up. I found a really cool company that will make it into like a a teddy bear. um, Because what am I going to do with the finish line? (laughs) Yep. Um, So, yeah, so that's, that's then I, yeah, what does it mean? Like, I think I put all my eggs into racing in North America this year or the first half of 2023. Um, and yeah, I put so much time and effort into it and training in the U S and yeah, fully bought into became a North American for all intents and purposes, lived in Flagstaff, for. Uh, almost four months this year. Um, I went to a rodeo with Molly Sedell um, and Matt. I own cowboy boots. Um, yeah, I did a photo shoot in Boot Barn. Um, 
there definitely aren't many Europeans who are doing that. So yeah, I just fully bought into the race and yeah, it was incredibly, incredibly, incredibly special. And yeah, to be able to, to be able to come away with a win in a race that everything just clicks and you can just enjoy it. You know, that with 15 miles to go, you feel great. Just, steady Eddie it, keep going one foot in front of the other. I was with Josh at this point. Um, yeah, it was just absolutely cast. So by far my favorite race experience. Um, and yeah, to be able to do it on the biggest stage at one of, if not the biggest hundred mile race in, in North America and in the world. Um, yeah, makes it incredibly special because you never know you never know when your last win is going to be. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was God, just, it was such textbook Tom Evans stuff too. I'm just like jogging my own memory. You and Dakota Jones coming into forest Hill together, absolutely dueling it out through the canyons. And then you pulling away with your quintessential perfect execution to bring home that beloved cougar trophy i'm glad that it's not like stuffed in a box in there i wondered if that was the case with you tom it, it was for it was for a while um but i think with yeah with stuff like this like you've got to be proud with these things like it's i invest yeah. so much into this that i don't i want it to be out i want to be able to see it and to celebrate it and do I want my house to become a shrine of my mine and my wife's Sophie's <laughs> achievements? No, but these, there would be no room in your house if that was the case. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'd have to upgrade. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's. Yeah, it's really important to take that time. And will it be out forever? Probably not. Yeah, it will migrate into a different room um, at some point. But um, yeah, it was in incredibly, incredibly special. I think what makes that race. It's so everything's so close. Sort of there, there are no sort of there are no barriers up. Yeah, like you compare it to other races where it's very okay. You're allowed to stand here. You're allowed to stand here. This is how it is. There are lots of almost of lines in the road. Whereas at Western States, it's just so close, and you really do feel that community and. I think it means I think it means more to the athletes and the community than any other race in the world does yeah. um, that I've been to anyway, and and I think that's the really special thing about racing in in North America. Um, so I just, I just need to figure out how to get into some other races in North America. <laughs> speaking of which, you have declined the M1 bib to return after two podium performances at Western States as somebody whose mindset is so fascinating, especially to me. I'd love to hear you just sort of talk about that decision. And if there's anything you want to reveal at this point and feel no pressure to reveal uh, what those goals are for 2024, I'm sure people would love to hear. Yeah, I think 2024 for me is going to be a, I say a little, a little bit of a different year. My wife is a professional triathlete and hoping to qualify for the Paris Olympics. And her selection event is uh, at the within the second half of May. So I don't really want to be going away too much before then. So that kind of discounts a Tom Evans textbook, Western States build up. Um, 
And with these races, I want to do them properly. And if I can't do these things properly, I don't deserve to be on the start line. The race and my competitors deserve me to put 100% effort in. And it would be unfair on them. It'd be unfair on me and the sport. They want to see great racing. And if I'm not able to give my best or a good version of myself, a good account of myself, especially to race like Western States where you're wearing M1 bib. Um, I wouldn't have put the F I yes, I would have put the effort in because I care about the race, but I would have done myself a disservice um, if I'm being completely honest. So yeah, I will race in Europe, a European um, focus for next year. Um, I'm racing lots of shorter, faster stuff at the moment. Um I'm doing way more cross training. So I'm actually doing a, yeah, raising the sort of British cross country at the moment up to 10K uh, and hoping to qualify for the cross country world championships over 10K. Um, and then doing a couple of gravel bike races, hoping to qualify for the gravel bike world championships. Um, yeah, I guess as a European or as a, somebody who lives in the UK where we don't have mountains and snow, Cross training is such a huge thing and it's such a huge element to allow your body to properly recover so you can go into next year. So am I running? Yes, I'm still running 100 miles a week, but I'm cross training almost and time wise, almost double that in a week at the moment. Um, And it's great. Like my body feels like, don't get me wrong, my running performances aren't quite as good. And if you said tomorrow, I'll go run eight hours, I'd really struggle, but go on the track and run 12 by a kilometer or 12 by four laps um, is, yeah, you're taking them off pretty nicely at the moment, which is great. Um, And yeah, I'm just really enjoying it at the moment. So yeah, my, I'm going to open the year on the trails in Transvolcania, um, which yeah, combining that sort of my transitional period from fast cross country to uh, more climbing focus. Um, and then it's actually a very, very similar periodization to what I had post my injury. So in the 2022 season, starting shorter and getting longer because it worked then. Don't try and reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Uh, Yes, we've learned a lot. Me and my coach, Scott Johnson, have learned a lot on the way. So, yeah, we shall see. Um, and yeah, and I, I can't confirm 100% anything yet, but I would be 99% sure I race 100 miler in Europe at the end of August, beginning of September, um, with a couple of races before that. And then after that, who knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah. Well, Tom, I'm going to resist the temptation to ask a million more questions because this is meant to be a short one, but I always enjoy talking to you. I have one final prompt that I'm giving to all the great athletes who landed in our top 10 this year, and that is just asking you to provide kudos to an individual on your team who exists behind the scenes, who doesn't get enough credit for how they contribute to your success. I would have to... Oh, it's a very good question. Um, I'd say two people who I don't, they're the standard people coach. So for my wife, but she gets, she gets a lot of credit, uh, both in front and behind the camera. Um, 
firstly to one of our dogs um, who he probably runs somewhere between 60 and 70 miles a week um, and absolutely loves it and is the reason why on miserable, cold, wet, rainy, muddy days here that I get out the door. Um, so he's called Rocco um, and he's yeah, he's great. And then secondly, we've spoken about a lot is... Uh, for me, psychology is such a huge thing. And certainly without delving in too deeply, sort of post Cape Town, um, that's definitely opened a lot of, it's opened a box that I had planted deep in my mind from, yeah, time in the military and other times around that. So yeah, I've been working far deeper um, with both my normal sports psychologist, but also a trauma psychologist as well um which has been really really interesting and yeah not i guess with the on the sort of more trauma side it's sort of not having any limitations and then on the sports psych side i guess it's very it's similar to the stuff that we've been doing but really trying to really trying to push it on and i've definitely proven myself to be one of the best but i guess like a lot of people very much still got sort of that imposter syndrome that i don't belong mm. on the podium of these races but you end up on the podium um and no matter how many podiums i keep getting on it's i still face the same the same challenges so yeah sports psych as well um and Amazing. yeah they would be my they would be my two awesome man and what a perfect answer both the the levity of recognizing your dog who shares some miles with you and then the the very practical and Tom Evans answer of the person or the people who help unlock the gifts that you contain in the psychological department. Tom, congratulations on a fantastic 2023. Look forward to reconnecting with you in 2024. Look forward to hopefully have a meeting at this time next year, but maybe a day or so later. Yes, sir. Trail Runner of the Year is presented by Ketone IQ, the groundbreaking endurance nutrition product that is taking the world by storm. Scientifically proven to support endurance and recovery, Ketone IQ is trusted by some of the world's top performers, from Navy SEALs and Tour de France cyclists to pro athletes across all major sports, including now many of the world's best trail runners. I use Ketone IQ daily in my training and during my working hours, often right before recording podcasts or basically anytime I need Need to be on my A game because that's what this is. Ketone IQ is A game juice. There's a bunch of research on their website, but a couple important stats to leave you with here. Ketone supplementation has been shown to lead to a 7% improvement in cognitive performance. They're 28% more efficient sources of energy than glucose, which you find in most energy gel products. And finally, ketones have been shown to produce a 2% improvement in endurance. You can find references to this literature again on their website. These are huge numbers that the sporting world is starting to wake up to. Ketone IQ is on the cutting edge. This is the future of sports nutrition. Take advantage by visiting hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30 for 30% off a subscription. hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30. Tony McCann, so nice to meet you. Congratulations on being number four trail runner of the year. Thank you. So good to meet you as well. Wow. Pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. I've become a big fan of yours this year. You had an incredible season, which we'll talk all about here. I wanted to start though with your 
South uh, South African heritage. You're, uh, I think, live in Cape Town. You're the only South African in the top ten, top ten here in trail run of the year. So, maybe first, just reflect on the South African trail running community for those listeners who've never experienced it themselves. Oh man, it's um, it's truly special. I think everyone who came to Cape Town now for uh, Ultra Trail Cape Town in November really got to experience the best of it. You know, everyone comes together. Everyone's so stoked there. Um, it's a true community, like the biggest frothers ever. Like if you're an international and you come to Cape Town, guaranteed you'll have like five to six people asking you every single day to go run with them. And it's just like, that's just how it is. People are always keen to share a run and then a beer and a pizza. And it's, yeah, it's a great community. Yeah. And it was on full display, as you just suggested, during Ultra Trail Cape Town. This episode won't come out until early January, but for those who are listening, it's a good race to put on your bucket list for 2024 or beyond in a race where you had another victory, but we'll get to that in a second. Before we get to some of the highs of the season, I was texting with our mutual friend and your teammate, Corinne Malcolm, and she mentioned some of the adversity that you had gone through Mm -hmm. in the early season. So maybe tell the listeners a little bit about that. I think it had something to do with injury and then a, and a bike accident, because I think this will ultimately make the successes, uh, you know, feel a little bit more significant. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, (laughs) bicycles are not for me. I've just, I've discovered that (laughs) many times, but again, reinforced this year, but, uh, yeah, in, in May after Transvolcania, I came out with, um, a bit of a tendinopathy in my psoas. Um, and because I, like every athlete, I think has to learn the hard way. I, I ran through it and hoped that the pain would kind of just get better. Um, it doesn't, it didn't. And I ended up with a bone edema in my femur. So I needed to full rest. So I, I hopped on the bike and was really enjoying that. Um, you know, where I live, I'm, I'm just outside of the Chamonix Valley. So we've got the most beautiful places to, to cycle. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was, happily doing that and then went to support at the world trail champs in innsbruck and had a crash on my bike broke my collarbone again and broke some ribs and yeah after that i spent a couple couple weeks two months almost um on the indoor trainer in my little cave um so yeah that was that was that year it's been a bit crazy (laughs) what an interesting story and especially now knowing what happened at the end of the summer and then now at the end of the year with two incredible victories. Is there any lessons that stick out to you from dealing with that injury? And is, are there any specific sessions that you did on the indoor trainer that everybody mm-hmm. needs to adopt, especially here in the winter months in the Northern hemisphere? Um, yeah, I guess so many lessons, actually. I think it's always good to experience this kind of year where it is just a big learning year. Um, one respect that life stress has a big impact on you and like you can't discount that um it needs to be accounted for in your training um cross training is amazing as i've learned so i'm definitely going to be incorporating a lot more cross training in um there's only so much running i can handle and the cycling has shown to be very beneficial um you can do so many threshold workouts on that and you know it's hard and it's tiring but it's just it's really good um and yeah just actually really planning recovery i think um yeah especially with the distance i do people expect you to be able to bounce back super quickly and i'm not that person um so yeah i i really have focused on recovery and you know after every race i did this season i did at least two weeks of very little anything structured um 
yeah, I only raced a couple of times this year and I think that was part of the success. Yeah. Awesome. So obviously the major highlight of your season was your win at OCC, the UTMB world final for 50 K one of the most competitive races in the world. You had been fifth at OCC in 2022 and I think 14th in 2021. So maybe reflect on that three-year journey with OCC and how it culminated with your huge win this year. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, yeah, as runners, I think there's, we always want to show up on the biggest stage and OCC for me in my distance is, is the biggest stage currently. Um, and the first year I ran it, I had no idea what I was getting into. Um, second year I ran it still was, you know, had learned a lot and implemented a lot of good changes. Um, but yeah, I think every time you do a race and you do a distance, you learn new lessons and, you know, having spent a lot of time on the trails out in Sham, I now know the race really well. Um, and I think all of that plays a role in success as well and how prepared you are. Um, but also, you know, I guess I feel a little bit like a local here. So it felt cool to like be able to race on home turf um, now living in Sham or just outside the valley. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a... It's crazy to think back at me three years ago um, who dreamt of winning this race or, you know, even just a top 10 in my mind at that stage was, yeah. it would have been a crazy achievement. So to, to actually have won it, I, you know, I still sometimes don't really understand yeah. <laughs> or believe that it happened. Reflect on the race execution, because for those of us who watched it, it was a super impressive performance. From memory, I think it was you and Mao Yao, the great Chinese athlete who were sort of duking it out at the front. And then again, from memory, I think there was some beautiful drone shot of you cresting over the bovine, finally, solidly in first place yourself. What was going through your head there as somebody who very much like is taking advantage of an opportunity to have a personal breakthrough on the world's biggest stage? Um, I think because of my preparation in the season and, you know, it hadn't been perfect. I had had maybe a month of proper running training leading into the race. Um, I had really removed all expectations. So when I found myself in that front pack and actually feeling really good, um, yeah. I kind of just fed off of that. Like, you know, I'm feeling good, just roll with it because, you know, at any point this could all fall apart. And, you know, you you didn't come in here with the expectation of winning it or even coming on the podium. So like you've got nothing to lose. Um, and I think that mentality and that like ability to just run free of expectation and pressure, or not free of it, but just with less of it, um, it allowed me to to actually just feel I don't know, it's um yeah, just feel my body. It, yeah. Like it sounds sounds weird. It sounds really weird, but just like really get in tune with how I'm feeling. And I felt really good. Um, you know, the first the first climb up to Champelac, I was just behind Ali and she I know she's an insane apple runner. So like, you know, in my head I was like, Oh, am I doing am I going too hard? I don't know, but I felt really good. So I just went went with it. Um and then, yeah, we, myself and Jen Lichter were just behind her at that stage and passed her heading up Bovine. And then Meow Yao came thundering past us. Um, and I only have, I only passed her on the climb up to Call the Bomb. So the second major okay. climb of the race. Yep. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, at no point did I feel like I was overstretching. I, I felt really comfortable the whole race and 
yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was one of those magic days where everything kind yeah. of just clicks and I have no idea how I will ever replicate that. Ever <laughs> That's the challenge, isn't it? To be yeah. <laughs> satisfied and celebrate an incredible breakthrough and then, you know, hope that at some point you can replicate it and not assume <laughs> that that's going to be the norm going forward. But I think one yeah. of the things that the listeners would love to hear Winning a race like that, I'm sure it brings you into the consciousness of thousands of new people around the world. If there's anything you can share about how your life or how your career maybe changed by winning a UTMB World Series major, I think that would be an interesting thing to hear. Um, can I say didn't really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, to be No, to be fair, I mean, I, I guess I was removed from a lot of the hype um, back in Cape Town. Um, and back at home, you know, the, the community in Cape Town have been so psyched for me. I think they've been more excited about this win than I was. Um, so I, being removed from that and actually only going back to Cape Town recently in November, um, I was kind of struck with the full force of how psyched people were. And I would get people like walking up on, um, to me on the street being like, hey, like, I've just started running and I saw you do OCC and that was super inspiring. And like that for me was really, really cool. Um, just to see like how far reaching something like this, that um, my race has been and like how many lives it's touched and how many people it's inspired. And that's really cool. Like yeah. at the end of the day to inspire someone to go out and like run five K's on the promenade because they've seen me do something has been like, that's, that's been cool. What a gift. What a gift. Yeah. Coming yeah. back to something you just said. You said at my distance, referencing roughly the 50K distance. And I think that's maybe illustrative of the way younger athletes are thinking about the sport right now. So maybe if there's anything that you want to say about that statement in particular, and what you meant by it, and generally how you're thinking about your personal ambitions in the short and long term. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I feel like there's this um, narrative within the trail running world that once you've achieved a certain level of performance um, results, you know, some sort of achievement in a specific distance that you kind of have to step up and like become now a 100k runner or once you achieve something in the 100k, you have to step up to 100 miles. And like, for me, I really enjoy the 50k distance. I think it's an exciting, it's it's a distance that you're racing still. You have to have skill in the uphill, the downhill. You have to be fast. You have to be able to run technical. Like there's so many, and not to say that you don't have to have these things in the 100k and the 100 mile as well, but I think it's just a more condensed, intense version of that. And I really enjoy that. I think six hours on the mountain racing hard is enough. Yep. <laughs> um, so for me, like I don't see myself stepping up to 100k within the next couple of years. I'm really happy to keep racing the 50k's. Um, hopefully, keep getting better, keep chasing that that unicorn race again. Um, and who knows? You know, maybe in five years, maybe in two years, I want to do something different in a longer race. Yeah. Um, but right now, um, I'm happy with 50k and. Yeah, I, I feel like there's room to become a specialist in the in a distance. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone's really done that in the 50K. You know, Courtney's obviously a 100-mile specialist. Um, there's people, like, who have specialized in the 100K, but no one's really done that in the 50K yet. And I think there's, there's space for hopefully me. It's so fascinating. <laughs> or anyone. Yeah, yeah, it is really fascinating, that dichotomy between 
generalism and, and specialization in the sport right now with people like Courtney specializing in the long stuff. And then obviously we have like Andrea Meyer who specializes just in the verticals and then like, mm-hmm. yeah, individuals like yourself who are sort of triangulating more towards the mid distance. And it's yeah. a fascinating time. And, and obviously there's a lot of great opportunities. So it's just about listening to what motivates you. Speaking of which, maybe you could just expand on what you're just talking about now. What is motivating you as we end 2023 and what are you looking to target in 2024? If you can, if you care to share. Um, oh, wow. Honestly, I'm so confused right now. Uh, there's so many races that I would love to do. One thing that I am very excited about, though, is potentially coming over to the US and um, maybe dabbling in Broken Arrow. Yes. Um, and then coming over and supporting Western States as well afterwards. Uh, you know, I've got some pacing and crewing duties that I would love to do for um, teammate teammates who are running. So, yeah, that's, that's the only plan that I've kind of sort of solidified right now. Well, that's a great plan. If I could provide a sales pitch, yes, it's the best two weeks in the North American trail running calendar. And I would love to do the color commentary watching Tony McCann race on North American soil as I have for Broken Arrow the last couple of years with our good friend, Corinne Malcolm, who we just mentioned. Tony, I'm ending all these interviews with a standard question. And that is just to ask you to give a shout out to an individual who exists behind the scenes, who doesn't get enough kudos, but who was instrumental to your success in 2023? Um, My partner, Bastian Perez, he is, um, he's been my biggest cheerleader when I truly didn't think I would be able to, you know, get to any start lines this season. Um, And he's put structure in place that has focused me, but also allowed me to play and explore and he's given me confidence to go and do things that I didn't think I'd be able to do. So, um, yeah, having having someone who's supportive like that has been really, really good for me. Good. (laughs) Well, Tony, it's great to meet you. Congratulations on an awesome season. Can't wait to watch what you do in 2024 and we'll hopefully see you in California in June. Fingers crossed. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, thanks for putting this all together. It's, it's really cool to, I mean, for me to be here is wild, um, but yeah, appreciate all the all the effort that you do for us yeah. and the trail community. Yeah, and for our listeners, the long form pod with Tony is going to come soon. So this is just <laughs> the trail runner of the year. Appreciate your time, Tony. Thank you so much. That's it for today. Tune back in tomorrow as the countdown continues for the 2023 Trail Runner of the Year presented by Ketone IQ. Speaking of which, don't forget, go get some ketones. HVMN.com forward slash free trail 30 for 30% off your subscription. Thanks so much to Ketone IQ for supporting the Trail Runner of the Year. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Love you. Bye. Bye.